0: You have your Bibles tonight. We're going to be in the Gospel of Matthew this evening and chapter 4. And I want to preach a sermon called Fishers of Men. Fishers of Men. Out of Matthew 4, we're going to read verses 18 through 22. And this is a sermon that is dealing with the will of God and the purposes of God, the plan of God for our lives, amen. Because when we come to Jesus Christ, uh, there's a new destiny, there's a new plan, a new purpose uh, that we enter into. Before we knew Christ, we were doing our own will, we were doing our own thing, we care not for or about the things of God. But as we enter the kingdom of God, there is a shift, a change in the dynamics of our life, of our thought process, our value process. And I want to look at this through the word of God tonight. Because this is the reality of the Christian life. I want to talk about fishers of men. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw two other uh, other two brethren James the son of Zebedee and John his brother in the ship with Zebedee their father mending their nets and he called them and they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him we're talking about fishers of men tonight in our text we see a picture that God is painting through the scripture, and it is a picture of God wanting to make his will known to mankind. Jesus comes, and he is the God of all eternity. He puts on the veil called flesh, and he comes down in the midst of humanity, and his desire is to let man know what God is doing. Hallelujah. See, God didn't come to earth uh, to get involved in what man is doing. God came to earth to get man involved in what he is doing. Because that's the only thing that really matters in life is what is God doing. It doesn't matter what they're doing in Hollywood. It doesn't matter what they're doing in the sports arena. It doesn't matter what they're doing in the political realms of life. All that matters in life is what is God doing. So when Jesus came, he did not join the religious school. He didn't go for a degree in the sons of the prophets, the school of the prophets. He didn't join the political party. He didn't get involved in the social diet. He came to show the will of God. He came to get man involved in what God is doing. Otherwise, we live a useless life. will simply go through life go to eternity having accomplished nothing for God in other words nothing that will last how many know uh, men of great means and of great finances have had monuments made to themselves buildings or bridges but today they no longer stand and they're no longer remembered all of their work and labor has no effect today but the plan and the will of God Survives the generations. So the disciples were men who had grown up going to synagogue. Which means they were religious. They knew the scriptures. They knew there was a God. They knew that God was real and that he was active in the earth. They had all of this understanding. But they were not engaged in the will of God. They are doing their own. Now, they're not doing anything wicked. People, are, you know, it's not wicked to go fishing. But my point is, they are simply involved in the day-to-day existence of this life. They're not looking beyond that. They're not seeing beyond that. They're just doing what they have to do to survive. And many times, this is the posture of our lives. We're just doing what we have to do to survive So what this tells us tonight is, even though you're religious, even though you know that God is real, does not mean that you're in and doing the will of God. Jesus comes and finds them, decent men doing good things, but they're not engaged in the will of God. So how can we know what the will of God is? You did ask me that question, right? I thought I heard somebody say, what's the will of God, Pastor? Amen. How can we know the will of God? People say this all the time. How can I know the will of God for my life? Well, it's not such a great mystery. Because Jesus came to show you and I what the will of God is. Hallelujah. He didn't leave it for you and I to decide. Because how many know everybody has their opinion on what the will of God is. But God understood human nature. God says if I let them choose what the will of God is, they'll never find me. I've got to show them what the will of God is all about. So when you look at the life of Jesus, remember this. When you look at the life of Jesus, you're looking at what the will of God is. When you're hearing the words of Jesus, you're hearing what the will of God is. So Jesus comes to these men in our text uh, and he begins to interact with them. John 6, verse 38, here's the words that Jesus spoke concerning that question How can I know the will of God? He says, For I came down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him that sent me and this is the father's will which has sent me that all which he has given me i should lose nothing but should raise it up again at the last day now you've got to catch this because what jesus is saying is the will of god involves eternal things the will of god involves eternal things He's saying that the will of God is that I should be able to raise people up on that last day. In other words, to help them escape death in the grave. We're talking about spiritual things. He's saying this is the will of God. It is spiritual in nature. And this this is foreign to humanity. Mankind is consumed with the temporal things where Jesus was consumed with the spiritual things. Amen. The same is true today. people are consumed with the temporal things. These things that we see that we can purchase that we can have, they're nice, there's nothing wrong but listen, that is not the will of God. I mean on the last day Jesus is not going to resurrect a Cadillac. <laughs> He ain't going to resurrect no material. The only thing he's going to resurrect is souls. And he says the will of God. Because we're asking what is the will of God? The will of God is spiritual. It's internal spiritual things. That's what God is involved in. That's what God is looking at. That's what God is captivated by. And this is completely opposite to humanity. The world is totally consumed with the external isn't that right the outward appearance the outward thing that's all that matters to the world how does it look on the outside it doesn't matter if there's no character it doesn't matter if there's no decency as long as it looks good you consume with the, ex- with the uh, external to totally neglect the internal See, to have character today is not looked at as something great. But in the eyes of God, it's a great thing. A man or a woman with character, that's a powerful thing. But the world says, ah, uh-huh. now show me the outside. The aesthetics of a thing. And we're consumed with that. It's part of our nature. 1 Samuel 16. Even the man of God had this problem in his life. God was sent Samuel to pick a new king. And he was going to choose one, and God says this to him in first Samuel sixteen. But the Lord said to Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I've refused him. For the Lord sees not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord Looketh upon the heart. Here's even Samuel, the renowned prophet, and he's battling this fallen nature. He looks and sees the subject. Oh, surely this is God's anointed. Look at look at the height, look at the stature, oh, surely he will lead Israel. It's all based on the external. It's all based on the outward appearance. And God steps says, Samuel, I'm a God of the eternal. I'm consumed with the internal. Look not on his countenance. Look not on his step. Forget about his appearance. Amen. I don't work like that. The will of God is about spiritual things, about eternal things in our life we have to begin to grasp this and this is what jesus is going to begin to teach these disciples as they follow him in their walk so the will of god is focused on spiritual life that's what god is all about spiritual life so let's talk then about the value of a soul man tries to value everything the problem is he has a wrong value system. I mean, in our world, some value one life greater than another. Amen. But see, think about this. How valuable did God think that souls were? How valuable did God think souls were? You know, I, You know, the devil doesn't even get this. The devil's probably thinking, you know what, I've, I've tricked these human beings, now I own their soul. And I'll sell them back, but the price, nobody's going to want to pay the price I'm going to charge for this. And he's probably all smug, thinking, you know what, I know God's going to try and buy them back, but when I tell him the price tag, hey, the deal is going to be off because there's no way he's going to pay that much for those human beings. Well, see, the devil was just looking at the external. Looking at the outside. So when the price was put up for what it's going to cost to get you and I back, it was an exorbitant price. But the Bible tells us that God was willing to pay the price. Why? Not because he looked at the outside. If he he would have based his purchase on the outside... You know what? I ain't paying that much for that. (laughs) He didn't do that. He's a God of the eternal. He's he's involved in spiritual things. So when he looks at humanity... And he considers the price... That has to be paid... To rescue it... The Bible says in John 3.16... We know it... For God so loved the world that he gave his only son or he paid with the life of his son so that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved this is the will of God at work It's based on a value system not on the external but the internal in other words God is saying Every soul is precious to me. Every soul has an immeasurable, hey Amen, I'll pay for it. It doesn't matter because it is so precious and valuable to me. He's talking about you and I tonight. Though we might look at ourselves and think we're not worth much. We may look at our own lives and think, that, You know what? Who would want to purchase this? This? Well the answer is right in front of us, the God of heaven. (laughs) says he was willing to pay the very highest price for you and I. God puts on this veil called flesh. He comes down into the midst of his creation. And he allows them to mock him, to spit on him, to pull out his beard, to nail him to a cross. He allowed it because this was part of the price. See, who would pay that? Oh, only a God like that. Only a God who understands the value of a soul. Our world doesn't understand the value of a life. That is why they will uh, do abortions. They don't understand. That's a soul that God has brought into existence. And yet man says oh we can't afford to take care of it no you can't afford not to because we look at the external oh this child is going to be born with this and born with that it's not going to have a quality of life you're missing the real value the Bible says that God so loved that he allowed himself to be physically abused by his own creation hallelujah now think about this Jesus told him in the Garden of Eden, listen, right now I could call my father. He'd give me 12 legions of angels. 12 legions. In other words, Jesus said, listen, I can call my boys right now and we'll fix this whole thing. Right? This this garden scene will be over. (laughs) But he didn't do it. Why not? Because he wasn't looking at the external of us, he was looking at our soul. He says, you know what? It's worth it. You're going to spit in your face. It's worth it. You're going to pluck out your beard. It's worth it. They're going to mock you. It's worth it. They're going to nail you. It's worth it. The value of a soul this is how God looks at you and I tonight amen not based on our performance or lack thereof not based on our finances or our education God is looking at the internal not the external this is why the world is in such a mess today because they're looking at the external all the decisions are based on the external and the the devil has a field day with that that's what he causes all this dissension. Look at the external. Oh, they don't look like me. Oh, they don't look like me. And oh, they don't look like me. And oh, I can't. And all these things. And here's God. He's not even moved by that. God is looking beyond the external to the very soul of an individual. And He says it is so valuable that I will allow myself to be mocked, bitten, uh, beaten, spit upon. And crucified. That's the price this little cost. I want to pay that price. See, one of the problems with humanity since the fall into sin, uh, is man has been looking at the outside and he's been able to be manipulated by the devil. Jesus is talking to the religious people of his day. And they have a problem, like every uh, people have a problem. Uh, they thought that they were better than other people. Have you, you ever meet people like that? Well, I'm better than you because where I was born. I'm better than you because of my financial status. I'm better than you because of my education. It's an old spirit. And so Jesus is talking to them. And he says in Luke chapter 4 verse 25. But I tell you of a truth. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias. When the heaven was shut up three years and six months. When great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elias sent save unto Zarephath. A city of Zadon to a woman. that was a widow. Now, if you just read that and I understand what's happening. See Jesus um, he's just poked them in the eye. <laughs> because this widow of Zarephath was a Gentile. And he says, in that great famine in the land, when everyone was under great pressure, God sent help, not to the chosen people, but to a Gentile woman. Oh, don't you know they got upset? That's why they wanted to kill him. You're telling me that God favored the Gentile? I'm telling you that God looks beyond the external. God's not looking at the, at the shell that we're in. He's looking at a soul. And Jesus is dealing with them about their, their prejudice and their, their status in life. Listen, God's not like that. He looks beyond those things. When he looks, all he sees is souls. And they're, they're upset now. What not you mean he sent it to a, a Gentile? That's what I'm telling you. The scriptures say it. History is written down in history. The widow of Zarephath. See, they don't, they don't remember that stuff. they want to to write that out how many people want to rewrite history now let's change the history books amen that's what they're trying to do here but Jesus puts it right on them and he doesn't stop there hallelujah he moves on verse 27 of that text and many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elias the prophet and none of them was cleansed saving Neiman The Syrian, Uh uh-oh, Syrian, now now you've gone overboard, Jesus. You're telling me that God is going to help us, Syrian? Our sworn enemies? Come on! No, what I'm telling you is, God doesn't look at the external. God looks at the end. The will of God is all about spiritual things. And so they are so caught up in the external. The Pharisees, you know what, uh, uh, that you didn't wash your hands right, so you're unclean. Uh, uh, you walk too many steps on the Sabbath day, so you're disqualified. They're always looking at the external, and there's no, inter- no revelation of spiritual things in their life. Because of that, they didn't value souls. They saw people as Merchandise. So, Jesus tells them, listen, if you know your history, there was a leper in Syria. Leprosy was breaking out, and the only one God cleansed was naming a Syrian. Oh, don't you know the hair went up on the back of their necks? Amen. <laughs> Probably in a tag, somebody get me a rock. they're upset now but Jesus is trying to get them to see listen you've got to look beyond the external the will of God is going to evolve you and I looking beyond the external and looking at the true value of a soul and so God says yes even a Syrian I'll cleanse even a Gentile widow If my people won't respond to me, I'll cleanse a Gentile. I'll help anyone who will receive my help. Hallelujah. So let's talk then about the gospel net. This is where we're at tonight. Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee sees these men fishing, casting their nets. Now, the majority of fishing that was done in the days of Jesus was done with nets. There were some that fished with a line, but the majority was done with a net. And the reason is if you want to catch a lot of fish, you use a net. You can cast a line and catch one here, one there, or you can cast a net and catch many at once. So think about this now. The disciples are fishing, casting out their net. And they're hoping to bring in fish. Because they have an external vision. Jesus sees this. And the picture he gets in his mind is a different picture. He says, I want to make you fishers of men. God wants to catch souls. But not, not just one at a time. He wants to catch a net for, can you see, amen? God wants to cast the gospel net on humanity. And begin to harvest precious souls. And so, as Jesus is watching this event, because he is spiritually minded, what comes to his mind are souls. What comes to the mind of the disciples is fish. <laughs> We're going to get, oh, it's going to be a fish fry tonight. Huh? Fish fry, Friday everybody. We're kind of good. And Jesus said, oh, it's going to be souls. And we're gonna catch souls and that oh I'm gonna I'm gonna change your life. <clears throat> I'm gonna make you fishers of men. Listen to this in Matthew 13, 47. This is Jesus. And again the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net It was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind. This tells me as he, as he was watching these men cast their net, he's thinking about souls. The kingdom of heaven is like a net. He's watching Peter, James, and John, the sons of Zebedee are casting their net. He said, Oh, the day is coming, mother, when you're going to catch souls in those nets. Because what God is doing is spiritual. And he begins to have this understanding he wants to convey to his disciples but he's got to work them through some things because they're raised with this mentality of the external and what God's going to do is going to be greater than the external the net that he cast is going to be tremendous so it's interesting it says when they cast a net they caught every kind you know when you fish with a line you can throw it in there and you start reeling up, and you see yeah, you don't want that when you can you can cut the line. We don't want that's an ugly fish because we can get rid of that. But when it's a net, everything that's in the net is coming in the boat. And the gospel net is meant to catch not just one kind, but every kind. <laughs> that's the gospel. That's the net that God is casting. That it would catch every kind. This is the heart of God. What? Because he's looking beyond the external. See, if we're the ones, we we'll say, oh, no, throw that one away. Throw that one out. Oh, no, we don't. Oh, yeah, keep a couple of those. No, no, no. The whole net, God says, I want everything that's in the net. Every kind. Hallelujah. That's what we read in the book of Acts in chapter 13 about the first church. The church of the day of Pentecost the church of Jesus Christ born by the holy ghost on that day Acts chapter 3 excuse me 13 verse 1 Now there were in the church that was in Antioch certain prophets and teachers it was Barnabas Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Siren. and Menen which had been brought up with the uh, with Herod the tetrarch And so here's a net of all kinds because when the New Testament church was birthed it had a spiritual vision that Jesus came to save the lost and so they began to cast the gospel net and it caught all kinds of fish. It caught, amen, uh, uh, Barnabas and Simeon uh, called Niger. He was of dark skin. It caused Lucius of Cyrene. man who had been brought up with Herod to take. In other words, he was a rich kid, amen. uh, And so it was all types there. Because the gospel net is not concerned with the exterior, but the heart or the soul. And as we cast the gospel net, God's plan is every kind would be caught. Hallelujah. Did you ever think, uh, did you be in the net, amen, that I'm in a church uh, with a pastor like that? Hey, how did that happen? It's called the gospel net. <laughs> it's the gospel. God threw it out there, and he drug all of us in. <laughs> Some of us were in the sludge on the bottom, but the net brought us in. Because this is the will of God. This is the will of God. If you go to a church, and there's only one kind of fish. That's not the gospel net, that's man's net. Amen. It should be all kinds. If it's the gospel net, catches fish of all kinds. But how many know man's picky? Man, cast his nets. All right, we need somebody inspect this? Because we ain't bringing all these in. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah, get rid of that one. Get rid of that one. And we we want one kind, but the gospel says it caught of every kind, and the first church was filled with every kind. Hallelujah. So the will of God is then that all would be saved. He I don't know what the will of God is. yet. it's right there. The will of God is that all would be saved. It doesn't get any deeper than that. Hallelujah. Matthew 11, verse 28. Jesus says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Who did he call? He says, all. That means everybody. That means every kind. That means every tongue, every kinder, come unto me, you all who live. In other words, everybody who's weighted down by a life of sin, I'm calling you into the gospel net. Don't care where you come from. Don't care what you've been. Don't care what your pedigree is. Don't care what your family history is. I don't care what your education is. Don't care how much money you got. I'm calling you with the gospel net. All kinds. Come unto me, all ye that labor. John 6, 51. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I give, I will give this is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. He says, if any man eat, what's that mean? Anyone. Doesn't matter, all kinds, listen, <clears throat> if you will come, and you will partake of Jesus Christ, he says you can live forever. Doesn't matter where you come from, doesn't matter where you've been, doesn't matter what your status is, it's open to, I'm giving bread to anyone who will partake of it. And so our world has a problem with the gospel message today and the root of it. Is that they don't see the value of a soul. Don't see the value of a soul. Because of that man is casting his religious net. That is very selective. Selective net. So we're going to make the hole on the net. A certain size. So everything that's under that size will just fall through and we don't have to deal with it. You don't have a degree, you don't have a diploma, you don't have these uh, letters after your name. uh, You're going to slip right through our net because we really don't want you. But the gospel net is a small net. Nothing gets out of the gospel net. It's meant to drag everything to the boat. When Jesus told him to cast out the net on the other side, he said, Lord, we fished all night and caught nothing. But nevertheless Lord. And they let down the net in the Bible. says they caught so many fish. The net began to break. <laughs> that's revival. Yes. The gospel net. Let's obey God and cast the net. It doesn't matter what's going to get in there. Lord just fill up the net. Because that's the gospel net. <clears throat> John seven thirty-seven. And last day. That great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, Again, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And he that believeth on me, as the scriptures said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. It's a spiritual focus. He says, Anyone. Let him come and partake of this, and I'm going to put something in you that will sustain you for eternity. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You can drink the water of this world, and it might send you into eternity. Hallelujah. But what Jesus has is going to preserve you for all of eternity. And he says everyone has access to it. Jesus is not going to take your ID say can I see your social security number before you get some of this water no he says anybody you just come and you drink and you can partake of this John 9 4 and 5 he says these words I must work the works of him that sent me while this day the night cometh When no man can work, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. This is directed to the church. You and I are called to cast the gospel net. And Jesus is saying, there's coming a time where we will not be able to do it any longer. There's coming a time where darkness is going to come in and the harvesting of souls will be impossible. So the urgency of the hour is not that you and I can have the material things that we want in this life, But that we will cast the gospel net and harvest precious souls. This is the will of God, he says. This is the work of God. This is what God is all about. This is what Jesus' life was all about. We don't find Jesus taking vacation, do we? So where's the Lord? Oh, he's down in Tahiti again. Yeah, he's down there on the beach, man, under the shade tree. And uh, yeah, he said he'll be back next week. No, 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 we don't find him doing that. He was always about his father's business. His parents said, son, how could you do this to us? He says, how could you not know that I must be about my father's business? And so as we as a church, we are called to be casting the gospel net into a a dying generation While we can, while Christ is still in the world, while the light is still on, we can say to people, hey, listen, there's a gospel net. You're not disqualified, but you're desired. Your life has meaning. Your soul has value. Forget about the external. Yeah, but you don't know what I've been through. It doesn't matter what you've been through. Jesus says, if any man drink of me, he can have eternal life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's what we're all about tonight. We're here to do the will of God. We're not here, amen, to satisfy our flesh, amen. We're here to do the will of God. Amen. Jesus gave the great commission. We know it well. It's right here on our wall. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's the commission to the church. Unfortunately, much of the church is casting their own net. It's not a gospel net. They're not going into all the world. But the commission is, you take that net, and you go into all the world. And you cast that net, and you pull in everything that comes up. Jesus cast a net over the entire human race. When he died on Calvary, it was the gospel net he was casting. And it went from sea to shining sea. From continent to continent. From house to house. That net went out. And the entire the 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 the, the purpose of it was to harvest every kind. That's the will of God. That's what the church is supposed to be doing. That's what we're called to do, friend. And we have to make sure that we begin to look at life through the lens of Jesus. The disciples casting, oh, we're going to catch some fish. Oh, yeah, going to be a great fish fry. And Jesus is saying, oh, we're going to catch some souls. We're going to catch souls. Let that be our vision tonight. Let that be our purpose tonight. Let the will of God guide us tonight. Let us begin to look at humanity the eyes of Christ who said they're worth it. Let's bow our heads tonight. Hallelujah. Heads bowed, eyes closed uh, for just a moment this evening as we close our service. Amen. God is a good God tonight and he is going to truly help us. No matter what we're going through this evening, Jesus can override all of that tonight God cast the gospel net and it caught you and it caught me and it brought us into the kingdom of God but as we enter the kingdom of God we must understand something that now the most important thing in life is the will of God not what we want, not what we desire but the will of God Jesus said the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep We are called to lay down our lives for this crazy dying world. By throwing out the gospel net. We go out on the street. We're casting the gospel net. We go out on our city and we begin to proclaim the gospel. We're casting the net. Oh, the results are up to God. But oh, it's a gospel net. What about our Father's business? Because we see the value of a soul. Oh, tonight, God, help us to see as you see, Lord, to look at lives through the eyes of the spirit, that we would have a heart, heart for the lost. Heads about eyes are closed tonight. You're watching online. Maybe you're not saved. You're not born again. You don't know where you're going to spend eternity, but you'd like to repent tonight and ask God to forgive you and help you. God will see you right where you're at. Maybe in your living room. Maybe in your car. But you lift your hand and say, it's me, God. I need to repent. I want a fresh start in you. I want Jesus tonight. Hallelujah. Tonight is a church, we are about our Father's business. It may not be popular in the eyes of the world, but we understand the value of a soul. We don't want to see anyone lost for eternity. The Bible says the smoke of the torment went up forever. We don't want to see that. We want to see life salvaged. So our cry needs to be, God, help me to cast the gospel net. Help me, Lord, to be about my father's business and not my own. Let's all stand night, the altars open tonight. If you're watching online at home and you would like to give your life to Jesus Christ, I want to pray with you tonight a prayer of faith. That you could drink of the living water. There was a gospel neck cast over two thousand years ago with the purpose of catching you in it, that you could be changed and delivered. Pray this prayer with me tonight in faith. Say, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge this sin in my life. And I'm asking you, God, to forgive me, to cleanse me, to wash me, to make me new. I believe your death on the cross paid the price for my sin. And that your resurrection from the dead guarantees my eternal life. Oh, Jesus, come in my heart. Lead me. Guide me. Change me. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, thank God tonight. The Bible says you've now been captured by the gospel net. You have been brought into the family of the living God. And God's going to begin to change you just like he did his disciples. To look at people in a different light. To see the value of a soul. And to begin to labor for your heavenly Father. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Wonderful, wonderful grace of God tonight we thank you Lord hand of grace and a blessing tonight thank you Jesus hallelujah oh our God's a good God tonight he's so faithful to help us he's going to give us the victory tonight if you're watching online tonight you have a powerful destiny in God he wants to do miracles in your life, if you give him an opportunity, he'll change you. He'll make you whole tonight. Oh, Father, tonight as we stand before you, Lord, humble people, we're asking God for a heart for the loss. Let us be the casters of the gospel net, Lord. Shikiyala mando in Jesus' name.